Welcome to Mums in the Making. Storm's grappling with the realities of being a new mum. And Rachel is currently pregnant. And neither of us has a clue what we're doing. And it would appear that neither do any of you. This week on Mums in the Making, Rachel gets a self-esteem boost from a shop assistant. Thankfully, then the manager came and said, oh no, you're large. (laughs) You're very large. (laughs) Take this large support for your ginormous baby. She also continues with those iron tablets, but we get some advice from a nutritionist, Charlotte Sterling-Reed. It's also important to try and avoid drinking tea alongside mealtimes, because actually this can reduce the absorption of iron from those meals. We hear from the mum squad on some misdiagnosed pregnancy symptoms. So I was on antibiotics and lots of different inhalers, and it turns out I was just pregnant. And you also share some of your first birthday mishaps. It wasn't till a month later that one of my other friends, wee girl, was turning one and she had made such a big deal out of it that then I realised how I'd messed up. Hello? Hello there, how are you? (laughs) I'm well, thank you. I am surprisingly good for being in the third trimester. (laughs) How are you? Well, the third trimester, so is that, is this a landmark date this week? Is that you officially into the third trimester? 28 weeks, so the end is in sight. (laughs) You're on the last leg. Oh, I know, it just feels like a really long leg still to go. (laughs) The finish line is like one of those mirages that you see in the desert in cartoons. (laughs) You know, the wobbly image of the fountain of water when you've been walking in the desert. Uh, But yes, obviously that's the dramatic take, but I am very pleased to have made it this far and also very pleased that we are now under three months away. So very excited. What are the current stats? We're 28 weeks. What is your baby and what are you growing? She is a coconut. Ah, lovely. <laughs> Presumably less hairy. Uh, but <laughs> well, we, all, we don't but know, actually. We'll find out. We will find out. <laughs> and uh, my app still makes me laugh every time I open it and it says, your bump should be visible by this time. <laughs> because as you've seen, <laughs> it is visible from very far away. And I'm mm. now a very small person carrying a very huge, possibly a bunch of coconuts, who knows? Um, But she's definitely grown a lot in the last couple of weeks. So I am mahusive now. And have you had any new symptoms? Uh, Feeling much bigger. (laughs) I'm much clumsier, weirdly. So I'm normally a little bit clumsy, but I feel like the extra weight... And the lack of spatial awareness is really taking its toll. I got into bed last night and clunked my head off the wall. And that was my basically gravity working against me. So <laughs> my own clumsiness. And aside from that, I've invested in one of those bump slings. So I went to Jojo Maman Bebe and got... <laughs> the most ridiculous a- name for any brand in the world. <laughs> Jojo Maman Bebe. You just, just sounds so, so French and sophisticated when you say it. Um, and I got a medical grade bump support. And I'm so glad that I 
didn't listen to the first person I asked for advice in the shop because they said, yeah, just get a small, whatever size you wear when, before you were pregnant, just get that size. And me and Sandy looked at each other and were like, is that true? And thankfully, then the manager came and said, oh no, you're large. <laughs> you're very large. <laughs> Take this large support for your ginormous baby. So that's been a real help and oh god it feels so good to take that weight off I don't know if you remember as soon as you got a bump sling or did you ever pass your bump to care is that just something that I do I'm like please please hold this so it's lovely like when your husband takes the weight of it or your partner takes the weight of it underneath yeah that's yeah. delicious I got a care got me a bump sling when I was not even three months um, as one of my Christmas presents. Uh, we spoke, <laughs> spoke about this in a past episode, but I had the most disappointing Christmas that year. <laughs> Just everything that I was growing to grow into when I was really, really fat. Um, so he got me a bump like. But did he get you a small or did he get you a large? I think I got was a that- me- medium, actually. Okay, played it safe. <laughs> I mean, he says that it was like the best on the market. I'm sure it was, care. It was good, but I, I don't... I don't know, maybe Mama Jojo blah, 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 um, <laughs> it might have some more support nowadays, more, more engineering involved. But I have to say, if you were walking for a long distance, like I would have to walk 20 minutes either side of my tube journey um, to work. And that 20 minutes when it got to sort of the, the last, the third trimester was getting tougher and tougher. And the, what do you call it, the sling, really did mm. help. You, It, it takes the weight off god knows where it puts it but it feels like (laughs) scaffolding essentially and it makes me feel so much more secure i've just realized that we've got a wash on (laughs) so that couldn't cause any problems it's good to know Um, you're still doing your washing because i'd given up on any kind of domestic chores uh, by your stage (laughs) i mean i would be lying if i said i was doing the majority of the domestic chores in this house sandy has really been nesting frantically but did you have the breathlessness because I have been completely out of breath that's one thing I know that we did a call out in a previous podcast about what do you wish you'd known Mm pre-pregnancy and the breathlessness Mm -hmm. is up there because it's wild I feel like my nasal cavities are swollen up or something there's so (laughs) little room for air to get in there and when I'm chatting or when I'm training at work, it's it's so distracting. I'm totally unable to breathe at lots of points in the day. Yeah, just walking from like your seat to the water fountain at work or whatever is exhausting. I actually got that within the first six weeks. So walking upstairs... The first six y- weeks of pregnancy? So... Yeah, like early, early on, it was one of my first symptoms was breathlessness. I could not catch my breath. It was like, I don't know, I'd put on 20 stone. I, I didn't <laughs> feel exhausted. I didn't, my muscles didn't hurt. It was, I, I just could not catch my breath. I couldn't get enough oxygen into my body. The image of you having put on 20 stone overnight in the first six weeks of pregnancy <laughs> is really amusing me. Like you rocking up for your Jeremy Vine morning meeting <laughs> storm you look different (laughs) (laughs) like me pregnant i'm not pregnant (laughs) a a sling for your jowls and a sling for your belly (laughs) so the breathlessness is definitely something that can happen early on but as you get to your third trimester i'm sure there's other reasons why that breathlessness 
um, kicks in and clumsiness too you mentioned that earlier now that is definitely a, a pregnancy symptom obviously you're changing shape so your body's you know um, centre point has probably shifted quite a distance okay we'll get to clumsiness in just a second but first the breathlessness here is the mum squad hiya it's Nicola I was really 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 breathless through my the start of my first pregnancy but we didn't know I was pregnant so I was on antibiotics and lots of different inhalers and it turns out I was just pregnant. Hi Storm, my name's Sarah and I'm from Edinburgh. Um, I'm currently 35 weeks pregnant at the moment and I started getting breathlessness at 30 weeks but I've noticed as the weeks are going on it's getting worse particularly after I've had something to eat or drink but it can just come on at any time. Um, Sometimes it's so bad I can't speak to anyone on the phone. Um, I have had a lot of comments about heavy breathing down the phone, which has been, it's been a laugh, but it's also been embarrassing as well because I can't help it. Um, it was a new one on me. I didn't actually think this was a symptom of pregnancy. So when it happened, I was quite taken aback. Um, but yeah, it's, it's happening to me with the breathlessness and as I'm getting further on, it's getting worse. But why do we get breathless? Here's our midwife Carla with all the answers. Feeling breathless in pregnancy is actually quite a common symptom. It's caused by a couple of different things. So early in pregnancy, it's our friend progesterone, so the pregnancy hormone, and that changes the way that you absorb oxygen so it can make you breathe a little bit faster. And usually this is absolutely fine, nothing to worry about. If that breathlessness early in pregnancy is coming on suddenly and it's really bothering you, then it can be a sign that you're anemic. So I'd always get that checked out. And also if that's coupled with any sudden chest pain, then please, please get that checked out. But breathlessness when you're going up and down the stairs or walking really fast is quite common and usually a normal symptom of pregnancy. And then later on in your third trimester, so after 28 weeks, it's caused by your bump growing and it pushes up your diaphragm, pushes into your lungs and it reduces that lung capacity. So again, that causes you to breathe a little bit faster to keep the oxygen moving and that can cause you to feel breathless. And back to that clumsiness. Why is that a symptom of pregnancy? Pregnancy clumsiness is one of those things that I don't think we really warn women about and it's caused by a couple of things. So later on in pregnancy, you're carrying more weight, your uterus, your bump is much bigger, your boobs are bigger and you've got more fluid going around your body. And this can really shift your centre of gravity. So we always warn women who are doing yoga or any strength exercises just to be mindful that you might be that bit more wobbly just to take extra care. And also, if you remember a previous chat that we've had, we talked about relaxing. So that hormone that relaxes all of your ligaments, makes everything really supple and stretchy, that can make you feel really clumsy. So yeah, it's another one of those weird and wonderful pregnancy things that nobody warns you about. Yeah, and also you have 40% more blood in your body at this point. This is one thing that whenever I go to the midwife or I chat to people who are scientific or knowledgeable about pregnancy in any way, they keep dropping in these stats that blow my mind because I keep forgetting that, yes, that's true. You have 40% 
more blood in your body, which is, it changes everything. You're hotter, mm. you're out of breath, you're, there's more fluid floating around in there, your nerves <laughs> are all different. I mean, the whole thing, when you think about it, is complete madness. <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually bewildering that so many women willingly do this, <laughs> do themselves several times in their lifetime. I'm still shocked by that. And I wonder if it's because people don't tell you <laughs> what's gonna well, happen or what might happen. That might be true if people only ever had one child, but most people go on to have multiple children. <laughs> and so you've got to know that the outcome is better than what you're going through. But yeah, I mean, it was a shock to the system when I was pregnant as well. I was like, we do not talk enough about this. Why have we not? I mean, my idea of pregnancy was like putting on a pair of dungarees and it, like painting a wall. That's what I thought that pregnancy yes. was going to be about. Thank you. And can we find out where this weird trope came from? <laughs> like, because it must be some kind of embedded 80s, 90s trope that we've seen on TV. There's this beautiful girl. She's got a bandana on. Yeah, I was going to say, I bought loads of bandanas. Oh, yeah. Bandana. She's got dungarees. She's got the roller. She's not just, do she's not just painting with a brush. Got the full kit to paint this new house that she's moving into with this beautiful bump. She's painting the nursery. Yeah, and the nursery is the nursery is massive, so <laughs> yeah. there's clearly not a cost of living crisis or a housing crisis when she was having her baby. So much natural light in that <laughs> nursery, which, which actually, when you think about it, is completely impractical. <laughs> yeah, you didn't see her putting up blinds. <laughs> no. Let's make this as dark and quiet as possible. No, she wasn't bothered. She just wanted to look good in her dungarees, and she did. But where did that stereotype come from? Why have we been missold? I have no idea. And, it, and the other thing is that she found out she was pregnant when she was just sitting in the office and went, oh, and just like quietly walked away to the <laughs> toilet and, and threw up in a really polite manner. She didn't projectile vomit all over her keyboard and leave it to her colleagues to clean up. I mean, <laughs> the reality v Hollywood is just so stark in its difference, it's yeah. appalling. So no, it was a bit of a shock to the system and that's I suppose why we're doing the podcast is because nobody really has that pregnancy. Nobody does, but we, we all have different pregnancies. Because we never achieved the woman in dungarees dream. Yeah. We are yet to achieve it. Maybe you will with your second or third child. <laughs> I'm done, so so no dungarees for I'm me. I'm not holding out any hope. Have you actually, is that sign sealed delivered? You're absolutely definitely not having another one. I mean, I don't think so. Just because of the really, impact it's it, had in your body or is there another reason? Yeah, it's it, it's been so, I mean, you've heard me complain about it every week, but it, it it's been such a slog. And I, it's a year of your life near enough, you know, and I know that I'm very fortunate to be able to have done it. But ask me once I get this magical motherhood dementia that people talk about where they forget how painful and awful pregnancy is and go on to have 10 children. Ask me then. But at the moment, it's one and done for me. Now, last week you were a little bit concerned about gestational diabetes um, because you were really thirsty and you were going for your midwife appointment. This is the one ahead of your next big scan. So did you get tested? Have you had your results? What's the verdict? Do I get another scan? You get a 20-week scan, do you not? It's done. I'm on 28. 
Oh my goodness, <laughs> we lost my mind. We are battering into the third trimester. <laughs> I'm going to call that mum brain. So do you not, you not get another scan now? Oh, that's it. As far as I know. I think I did get another scan, but, but for the gestational diabetes thing, I think I got one at 34 weeks just to see when they wanted to whip that baby out. Yeah, I mean, I'll find out. But I'm pretty sure that it gets so difficult to photograph the baby mm -hmm. after 20 weeks that they tend not to do it but i may go for a 4d one of these four-dimensional baby scans oh don't do that rachel the things look alien i know and i have been so against it and in the beginning i was thinking oh that looks so weird and i don't know how comfortable that makes me and now i'm like let me see her <laughs> <laughs> so impatient I really want to see her but yeah uh, I went to the midwife this week and yeah all went well I was worried about gestational diabetes but I'm fine I got yay clear, clear bill That's of health great. yeah uh which means more ice cream of course <laughs> and yeah everything is looking good I measured at 29 centimetres bundle measurement, I believe they call it. What does that mean? So basically your measurement of your tummy should be the same as how many weeks you are. So I Oh, got so you're it... only, what, one centimetre more? That's fine, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But that's actually, I, in my head, I was thinking, does that mean that she's going to be cooked earlier and she's going to come out sooner? Um, so, yeah, aside from that, everything fine, really strong heartbeat. So we're very happy with that outcome. So, yeah. Great. Was there any other bloods or anything come back? Yeah, so the iron continues to haunt me. I'm now on liquid iron and I have to go up to 30 mils a day to make sure that when I go into labour and when I give birth, if I lose any blood, that won't cause me any problems. So we're back on the iron train. So, yeah. That's all right, though. I mean, as problems can go, I'd say that that's a, a reasonable one. Oh, yeah. And like we've discussed before, only drawbacks, constipation and black poo. Black poo, who cares? It's going down the loo anyway. <laughs> and constipation can be cured by other things like prune juice, cold coffee. See, I have been sick with it. That's the one recurrence that I've had. And yeah, that's made this week quite tough because I've got the breathlessness and then up at half past four being sick again, <laughs> you know. Oh no, so the iron, liquid iron is making you vomit? The, the increase, yeah. So the tablets, I obviously have a very sensitive wee baby or a very sensitive wee tummy and there's so much less space in there. All of my guts feel completely pushed up and of course... The wee one is kicking them at all days, <laughs> all hours of the day and night. And particularly up high above my, just where my diaphragm is, it feels like mm -hmm. she's using that as one of those punching bags. So whatever's causing it, whether it's the liquid iron or whether it's her getting much bigger and much more active, it's been making me unwell again. <laughs> so Sandy came through at half past four. 
He said, have you been sick? I was like, yes, we're back. We've gone back in time to the earlier stages of pregnancy when we're out in the bathroom and in the early hours of the morning. I feel like for various reasons, you never really fully got out of that sickness phase, which is really unfortunate. But I wonder whether you could go back to the midwife and ask for a different type of iron. Because I remember in a previous podcast, Carla saying Mm. that if the iron isn't working for you, because some don't work for for people to go back because there are various different iron tablets that you can get. But I think it is important that you do really try your best to take as much in because this is for you. Mm. This is to make sure that you cope well in in childbirth if if something were to happen and so I do think it's really important Rachel that you you make sure you take as much as possible. So while Rachel continues to take her supplements I thought it might be good to hear from a nutritionist on what sort of things that we should be eating in pregnancy to keep our iron high. Here's Charlotte Sterling Reid with some helpful tips. So during pregnancy, iron is a really important nutrient for mum. So it's key that we try and make sure that mums are getting enough in their diet day to day. And this means trying to make sure that you're having two or three portions of iron-rich foods every single day. Iron-rich foods include foods like meat, lentils, beans, pulses, nuts and seeds, as well as nut butters and seed butters can be really great options to stir into porridge, to spread on toast or to have on crackers, for example. Also things like egg yolks are really great as well. Um, Chicken can be a source of iron as well. And foods like tofu um, and fish are also fairly good sources of iron in the diet. Lots of fruits and veggies can help and especially dried fruits can be great sources of iron too. And some grains like quinoa can add a source of iron to the diet. It's actually incredibly hard to get iron from plant-based foods, but there are ways that you can help. So making sure you have a variety of iron sources every day, but at the same time as this, not just thinking about variety of iron, so some plants, some meat sources, but also trying to team it with vitamin C. So for example, you might team your meal with a small glass of orange juice, or you might team your meal with some fresh fruit or some vegetables, which also contain vitamin C. This can actually help your body to absorb iron when you're consuming that food. It's also important to try and avoid drinking tea alongside mealtimes because actually this can reduce the absorption of iron from those meals. So essentially eat plenty of iron-rich foods, vary the sources that you have, make sure you're having some plant-based sources in there and a lot of variety of those and at the same time try and drink some or consume some vitamin C alongside iron-rich meals. I hope that helps. Just a side note here, Charlotte also has a fabulous book called How to Wean a Baby. If you're at that stage, I used it. It's fabulous. I digress, though. Let's get back to the podcast. This is the second type of iron. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I know. It's it's bad luck. And the thing is, I feel like a massive wuss. I'm just like, what can go wrong now? Because there's such minor things, you know. Uh, but we're getting closer to the end zone now and I was just so desperate to be reaching that stage where I'm skipping along the street in the joy of Well, let's face it, pregnancy. at your size at the moment, you're not skipping. <laughs> I know, I'm being wheeled everywhere I go. <laughs> um, and so we've also cancelled all of our social plans for August and September, including... The weddings we were intending on going to because the last week I have expanded rapidly. <laughs> Things have become more tricky and we've had a major reality check on what's possible 
socially <laughs> for the next two months. Yeah, you may as well actually just cancel them for the next, oh, I don't know, 13 years? <laughs> well, you've had a few social engagements this weekend, am I right? Ugh, I know, I just, you do actually get lots of opportunities to go out. You just need to plan them and keep your energy up and all the rest of it. Uh, yes, so this weekend, so Otis is... Uh, hurtling towards being one year old and he happens to turn one in the same month that his auntie turns 30 and his granny turns (laughs) and is another big birthday Um, so we planned a big we I planned a big triple birthday for everybody at the weekend so you were planning the whole thing and the whole thing so I planned a Mad Hatter's tea party (laughs) in the garden we were doing Aperol spritz out of teapots we were going to do we have we had Marks and Spencer's little, I know I splashed out, Marks and Spencer's little sandwiches um, because I had to organise it from 400 miles away. So, you know, how do you cater for a party in somebody's garden from 400 miles away when you're only up the night before? It, it was quite a challenge. Yeah. I got a cake maker from Neilston um, to do this beautiful uh, three-tier cake with, you know, six, 30 and <laughs> one year <laughs> written on it my, my mother-in-law was like I don't want my I don't want any uh, balloons with my age on it I don't want a cake with my age on it I, w- I don't want a badge so I got her the holy trinity and she had the whole lot every picture was one of these objects was featured in it so yeah so I bought a gazebo got that delivered um got all the food delivered I set up the night before gazebo was up everything was good there was a forecast for gale force winds. Oh, and a storm, igno- some might say. <laughs> literally a storm. And I ignored it because why would you not? In Scotland, there's a gale force wind every second day. So I thought, oh, it'll be fine. I took that approach. It'll be fine. And got up the next morning. It was a bit blowy, but you know, nothing major. As the morning progressed, it got windier and windier and windier. It was a bit blowy. A, a trampoline took out a family of five next door. <laughs> The wind progressed and my sister-in-law arrived and she's very good at setting things up. So she was also helping organise some decorations. She was doing like a, a flower display inside the gazebo and I was making a balloon arch, a three metre long balloon arch in the living room. So I had blown all the balloons up the night before. I was putting them into this little wire mesh thing that you do. I got all the balloons on. They were talking like 50 balloons. No shortage of <laughs> air-filled plastic and notoriously great in high winds (laughs) exactly yes exactly so I come walking through the garden um with this three meter long balloon arch ready to pin it to the entrance of this beautifully set up gazebo only to find my mother-in-law my sister-in-law and their grandfather who's like 85 trying to hold down the gazebo as it's sort of elevated off the ground and I'm still by this point talking about the eternal optimist like no it'll work guys just hold it there so Liz if you just hold the balloon arch on that side you blow anyway did the biggest almighty gust of wind just come at that point blew nearly half the balloons off this balloon arch into the gazebo and out the other side popping in every tree as they hit the rest of the garden and it was at that point Melissa my sister-in-law looked at each other and we were like this is 100% a lost cause so we then had to whisk everything out set it all up in the conservatory and I was so devastated to say I had to take five minutes would have been an understatement 
but <laughs> Melissa basically had to rescue me as I had a mental breakdown in the corner. And do you know what I think it was? I think parents, when it comes to the first birthday, they put so much pressure on it that, you know, if I do a really good first birthday, then it'll make me a good... People will know I'm a good mum. That it'll be the, the one shining... Not the year of, you know, homemade food and changing <laughs> nappies and up in the middle of the night. Not all of that. No, no, no. Just this one day will be the defining um, factor of whether you were a good parent or not. And obviously... <laughs> I failed miserably. But so but it, it, it's a landmark, isn't it? So you're talking about yeah. all those stresses and the nappies and the Delia Smith <laughs> creations Cooking. in the kitchen <laughs> and the battle with teeth brushing and all the rest of it. So when you see this first birthday in sight, that becomes your mirage. You're like, awesome. Yeah. This is my way of just signing off that year I'm logging out <laughs> year two what you got for me and that's where the pressure comes from I think also people put a lot of pressure on themselves to have an instagrammable day you know something that'll yeah, look good on so social media silly so uh, so that's what I thought and actually I text all my new mom friends because <sighs> don't do it <laughs> I mean it's just a nonsense. The baby has no idea. They would much rather have a happy, relaxed mum than a stressed out mess rocking back and forward in a corner just because there was a bit of wind. Yeah, and particularly I mean, if the rest on. of their family are all attached to essentially a large kite <laughs> and being flown over the Atlantic Sea. <laughs> Grandpa was dropped somewhere <laughs> off the coast of France. <laughs> It was essentially live action <laughs> up. It was just a reenactment of the movie. <laughs> there was their puppy just sort of drifting. Cheerio. Into the it was good while it lasted. He ended up in Leith. He went all the way from Motherwell to Leith. It's the best intentions though, isn't it? But I must admit, for all of you do, with the podcast and your own TV show and raising Otis, the first birthday party plus extra huge landmark birthdays that's masochism. I mean, you're taking on a lot there. That's like, hmm, I wonder how I could make life more stressful for myself. And yeah, generally create a day of suffering, but joy for others. I'm going to go for the triple birthday, 10,000 balloons in the Gale Force wins. I admire it. I genuinely do. But at some point you have to say, okay, I do enough. I am enough. My son loves me. <laughs> he can be... Yeah, and I think that that would be my message. Learn from my mistakes. Don't overexert yourself. Just a little get-together get of all the people that love your child. That, the other thing is, if you invite loads of people, nobody really wants to go to a first birthday unless they're related to the said child or very close to the child. I mean, the first birthday is not like, oh, I'm so excited, I can't wait. Oh, my Saturday's going to be rocking. <laughs> nobody... So just keep it small. Keep it, you know, intimate and relax. It is not a big deal. And if you can get someone else to do it, like a grandmother or a grandfather, great. Get that done. To be fair, my grandfather did actually do most of the... My, not my grandfather, my husband's grandfather did most of the cooking and he actually cleaned the whole thing up. Aww. Bless his cotton socks. So, a, a big <laughs> Once he got down from the tree, <laughs> three blocks away. <laughs> <laughs> Once he descended from altitude, yeah, time to do the dishes. Get grandpa in the kitchen. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, though, I'm not the only one who has had a first birthday disaster. Here is a couple of your stories. 
So my eldest daughter's first birthday fell a week after the first national lockdown and we planned to do her first birthday party that weekend. We weren't sure what to do so we cancelled and postponed it. This ended up being postponed about 10 times and we were really looking forward to her first birthday as you can imagine. Um, we ended up doing her first birthday when she was two and a half years old. Um, this is how many times we ended up postponing it due to the national lockdowns and Covid restrictions. My second born's just had her first birthday and we were able to celebrate her first birthday on the actual day with no postponing and no cancellations and it was just amazing. But we ended up using all of the decorations from the first birthday of my first daughter's um, birthday as we weren't able to use them three, four years ago um, all due to the cancellations. It was hard to understand that we couldn't go ahead with the celebrations when you look forward to it so much and we were, we were itching to do a big celebration which was going to be in a religious temple so it wasn't nice to keep postponing it but it was nice to do it eventually. So I did, uh, I didn't put in for my daughter's first party, I don't know why, I think I was working, I was a single parent, everything was, it was a lot, I'd, it was full on and um, it wasn't till a month later that one of my other friends wee girl was turning one and she had made such a big deal out of it that then I realised how I'd messed up and I felt so bad after it and I still feel bad after it. I did tell my daughter about it and she does bring it up now and again but she's 27 now and she needs to go over it. Um, but yeah that's what happened. It was just one of those things and I just, and I just didn't think because um, I was a struggling single parent. P.S. I made up for it after that. Um, she had great parties after that. Even when she went to school, she had great wee parties. Lots of cake, lots of friends. Uh, it snowed uh, for her first three parties and that was in May, the beginning of May. So yeah, that kind of made it a wee bit more special. But no, I've made up for it ever since. So she's a very lucky girl. So the other thing though that I had to face this weekend when it was the party because we don't interact a lot I suppose with um, family because they're 400 miles away and we don't tend to do it in big groups so Otis had all the attention in the world uh, because every family member wanted to see him but it's that really difficult balancing act between acting like the relaxed mum that you want to be and hiding the neurotic anxious mess that's inside and it was so really difficult because I'm like are they holding him right are they feeding him right oh he's going to be full of air does that mean he's going to wake up all night and and Kerr's grandpa as well keeps birds in the garden quite an old-fashioned thing to do but anyway Otis liked birds so they were taking him into the aviary and I'm thinking can babies get bird flu I'm quickly googling on the side going yeah yeah have a great time lovely wait hold Enjoy. on Enjoy. can human get bird flu do, do caged birds get bird flu I mean all kinds of worries and I don't really know what you do with that because there's an element where you have to let your child go and you also have to let the rest of the family bond with that child but it is very difficult and I think a lot of women out there will struggle with that. The The part that I have read about online, which I always find an interesting one, is kissing babies. So mm. when people are constantly in the baby's face and kissing them and breathing on them, particularly in mm -hmm. a post-pandemic world where we're all very concerned about germs, mm -hmm. but people can be carrying all sorts, like cold sores, and they're actually very dangerous 
for babies. Mm. So it's about, like you say, wanting the children to bond with their family members, but also drawing that boundary of, oh, we'd prefer <laughs> if you avoided. <laughs> you didn't winch the baby. Yeah, please Thanks. don't lick the no baby's face. No lip on lip face. action. No, no. <laughs> if scab on the face, don't lick the baby. Stay away. Yeah, so it's hard to, to draw those boundaries. And I would be the exact same when it came to passing my baby over to someone my mum tells me that when I was first born and someone would take me she would be bouncing as if she was about to take a pass at basketball so they would be rocking me and she would be echoing (laughs) echoing the rock ready for them to just drop me out of the sky and for her to go woof cat like mum reflexes and catch me I've 100 I have 100% been there, so I know your mum is speaking the gospel (laughs) truth. The other thing is you get so used to when you're standing when you've just had a baby. I keep saying I've just had a baby. It was a year ago, so I'm (laughs) over it. Anyway, when you've had a baby, you spend so much of your time rocking when you're standing still that now when I don't have Otis and I'm standing still, I still rock. Yeah. So I look slightly possessed <laughs> well, all of the time. It's also a self-soothing mechanism. So we rock to comfort ourselves, not just the baby. So there's probably part of you that just needs a really good hug. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll give Kara a shout after this and I'll make sure that part of me gets soothed quite quickly because honestly, my knees can't take it anymore. <laughs> But I think that is true. And the kissing thing is interesting because I remember my granny Blue Eyes when I was a wee girl um, saying to me, now you've never to kiss an adult in the mouth. You know, adults have dirty mouths. You've not, <laughs> not to do that. Don't kiss them in the mouth. And I always thought that was a really weird thing to say, but I, I don't think my mum and dad ever kissed me in the mouth. Not in my sort of adult or conscious memory. I don't kiss Otis in the mouth. That might sound a bit strange to people, but I mean, I kiss him all the way, everywhere else in my face, but it's just in my brain that you don't kiss children in the mouth. The only person you kiss in the mouth is your partner. Um, For me, each to their own. I'm not, there's absolutely no criticism here. But um, yeah, I kiss his wee feet, I kiss his wee belly, I kiss his wee bum, I kiss his wee eyes. Like everywhere, I just don't, I just don't kiss him in the mouth. And I've never really seen, I haven't seen any of the family member do that either but you know disease and viruses can be transmitted without even having to go near there right so if if someone's got something and they're very in very close proximity to the baby that's that's dangerous I mean I like to think (laughs) that I will be passing the baby around like hey yeah enjoy yourself I'm heading out for a couple of hours. <laughs> no, but I, but I, I do like the idea that I will be comfortable and relaxed with people handling the baby. And I do think the more babies you have, the less you're bothered, the more pro you get. I'm sure by the time my mum had her fourth child, she was like, yeah, sure. Which one's that again? <laughs> Which one are you holding? <laughs> What's their name? <laughs> so there is definitely part of it is practice and knowing how to mum and relaxing letting yourself breathe out a bit from Mm -hmm. from all those anxieties but it is difficult in a social situation to keep up appearances if inside you're like oh my god he's going to get bird flu in the aviary (laughs) that's you know a legitimate concern that fair enough not many other mums may have or encounter in their lives but still the anxieties exist for silly reasons they are irrational fears in a lot of ways and there has to be a level of risk 
we are social creatures. We're always going to be social creatures. And long may that continue, to be honest. We don't do well when we're isolated. I would, I want my child to be social. Therefore, he has to interact with other people. Therefore, I have to really get hold of that, that anxious mum inside me and give her a good telling off, I think, to be honest. So that that is really on me. But anyway, that was my weekend. I had a lovely day today, though. I'd just come back. You've caught me in a really nice moment because I bought him his first pair of shoes and I feel like that really is a moment. Oh, that's... I know, he's a three and a half. And he's an F. And it didn't matter how many times I told the woman that it was a he. She kept calling him she <laughs> and kept wondering why I was taking out the <laughs> navy blue shoes and not the pink ones. But anyway. Jenner's a construct lady, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he or she can wear the blue shoes if they want. To be fair, at the end she did go, she was looking at me really quizzically and she went, it's a boy. <laughs> I said, yeah, it's, it's, I did try and correct her early on. I said, yeah, and she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Just, he has very long hair and he's he's very pretty. <laughs> I said, he is very pretty. You're absolutely right. Now, you are yeah. letting the wind's hair get quite long, Storm. Well, I don't want to cut it. I did comment yeah. on it. I did comment yeah, on it. Yeah, he does have a baby top knot at the moment. He does. He has a man bun. Yeah, I don't put a bow in it. And I purposely <laughs> always dress him in really boyish clothes. Like, I'm not... I'm not trying to confuse him gender-wise. I just he don't is, want to cut his hair because it's beautiful. And, I, and he is a very pretty boy. beautiful boy. So that's obviously, yes. But that's so cute that you got him shoes. From Clark's. You, did he have the little measurer thing? Yes. When you used to go to Clark's and you had the measure go down. Did you ever have this? Showing our age here. Did you ever have the shoes that had a key that you turned? <laughs> they were like Princess yes! Clark shoes. Amazing. And you put mm. a key in them for some inexplicable no reason. reason. We didn't really have that much TV back in those days, obviously. <laughs> you put a key in and you turned it and like a different heart or something appeared in the shoes. That was like the highlight well, of the year. I think you got the advanced pair. I'm not oh. sure that I, I got that one. But, um, but I certainly got a, a new pair of Clark shoes every year for starting school. Didn't matter how much my feet grew in the middle of that year mind I still only got the one pair but I did get a new pair of Clark shoes every single year and they were my pride and joy and they always made really padded shoes didn't they Clarks like they were so they were just they were basically the precursor to Uggs oh yeah I think it's really it. padded on the soles it was lovely <laughs> um anyway enough about that advert for love Clarks you, I hope love we... you Clarks <laughs> miss you <laughs> hope that sponsor money comes through Anyway, listen, what have you got to look forward to this week? <laughs> oh, more pain. <laughs> okay, I'm actually, I'm, I'm in a, a fantastic mood because I'm no longer being sick and I'm getting some air in my lungs, so that's good news. I am just looking forward to getting further along in this, <laughs> this whole journey of ours. And yeah, I'm going to do some swimming and I'm going to relax and we're painting the house. We can finally unpack. We've been living out of boxes for two weeks. So that's what I'm looking forward to this week. How about you? Nice. Any other wild events that you have planned? No, I'm taking a, a little break. I mean, it will be his actual birthday on in the middle of the week on Tuesday. And I will be doing a very small uh, cupcake for him. And he'll get to open one present. Uh, Kerr says he shouldn't get all his presents at once because he won't appreciate them. So he's getting one present a day. So he really fully appreciates it. Aww. I'm sure he will learn that at one year old. I mean, I really don't think <laughs> it matters. But anyway, uh, start as you mean to go on. 
and we'll probably just uh, FaceTime some family because we've we seen the family in Glasgow. I've also got lots of family in Liverpool, so I'm going to FaceTime them on his actual birthday. No. If it makes you feel better on the whole birthday front, last year at Glastonbury, I bumped into two friends <laughs> who just had a baby. I said, oh, how's it going? How's the wee man? They said, yeah, yeah, it's great, great. Left him at home, sent him a postcard <laughs> for his birthday. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> just, just turned one last week. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to know any better. <laughs> so, it's true, to be fair. So to be they, fair to them. They sent him a postcard from Glastonbury for his keepsake box so that when he's older, he can know that his parents went off for a week gallivanting <laughs> rather than threw him a big balloon party. I have to say, more power to those parents because actually it should be a celebration for them. You managed to keep a little person alive for a year. Well done, you. Exactly. We'll know for um, next time. <laughs> exactly. Right, well, uh, listen... Enjoy your relaxing week and unboxing, and um, I will speak to you next week. Okay, see you soon. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Mums in the Making. Join us next week when we will discuss some new pregnancy symptoms, baby showers, and I take a one-year-old to safari. Now, if you'd like to take part in the podcast and become one of our mum squad, then follow me on Instagram at Storm Huntley and send us a voice note. Until next week. Bye for now.